Hey there, welcome back. Today, I have a special episode for you because I brought in a special guest, my husband, Dr. Dr. B, affectionately named Dr. Badass by the Law Nerds. And today we are talking about COVID and our year of COVID. We're recording this on Pi Day, March 14th, but it is one day after the lockdown started a year ago in Los Angeles, California. We're going to talk about what that was like. We're going to say, you know, happy St. Patrick's Day, because that's the day that this goes live and really get into what the last year has been from our perspective, not to celebrate, but I guess to memorialize or commemorate what this year has been from our little slice of the world. So I can't wait to get this episode up and to hear your remembrances from this last year that's been very strange. It's been very strange. And with that, we just need to get into it. So let's get into it. Hey there, welcome to The Emily Show. I'm your host, Emily D. Baker, badass lawyer and everyone's favorite legal commentator, breaking down the legal shit in the news and pop culture stories you wanna talk about. I've been a licensed attorney for over 15 years, I'm a former prosecutor, and I'm a big fan of the cursey words. So let's break it down. Okay, before we get all the way into it though, There needs to be a quote because we start with quotes now. This one comes to us from the Dave Matthews Band. When the world ends, collect your things. You're coming with me. When the world ends, you tuckle up yourself with me. Watch it as the stars disappear to nothing. The day the world is over, we'll be lying in bed. Now, I made a COVID playlist when COVID started of Dave Matthews songs. And I'm just going to share my somewhat morbid COVID playlist. Did you know I had made a COVID playlist? I didn't, know. <laughs> no. I didn't know it was Dave either. I made a Dave so Matthews Band COVID playlist that includes When the World Ends, Funny How It Is, Grave Digger, Lie in Our Graves, Every Day, The Riff, Where Are You Going, Stay, Busted Stuff, You and Me, Too Much, The Space Between, Gray Street, Time Bomb, Save Me, Bartender, Stay or Leave, Cry Freedom, Ants Marching, and The Stone. That was my. That is. That was my When the World Ends playlist <laughs> for COVID. So welcome, welcome to the podcast. Oh, I forgot. Oh. I was supposed to say spot. We're sponsored today by the Lawn Arts Shop. It is March and there is new merch in the Lawn Arts Shop. So go check out lawnerdshop.com and see what's new for your law nerd needs over there on the Lawn Arts Shop. I love the merch. It's so fun. Do you enjoy the merch? I do. I don't have any, but I do enjoy it. <laughs> True story. Um, I keep forgetting to order him things. We're very comfortably squeezed in here. So we're both at the mic and on video. I know it's very exciting. So for those of you on the audio version, you're always welcome to pop over and see what it looks like on the video version. Yeah. Cause we do both now Hmm. like, like grownups and professionals and stuff. So lockdown, COVID lockdown. Well, Hmm. today's St. Patrick's day, the day this video goes live. Today is St. Patrick's day. Oh, when it goes live. Sorry. Sorry. You confused me. Clearly. So the day this goes live is St. Patrick's Day. You can tell you're the professional. I'm just merely not not as professional. (laughs) We have some good St. Patrick's Day memories, but there is one that stands out in particular, and then we're going to get into COVID. Now, we have had St. Patrick's Day like down in Hermosa Beach, having corned beef and beer at Hennessy's by the ocean. We have had some 
really fun St. Patrick's Day. And then there was one that stands out in memory like, I don't know. I don't want to say a sore thumb because that's that's not the right thing. What do you say it stands out like? A strong memory. I mean, <laughs> I mean it, there's nothing else to say. Maybe a day that just sucked. A day that lives in infamy. Yes. So what, do you remember what year it was? It was like 2014-ish. Yeah, somewhere around there, like about like six, seven years ago, mm-hmm. right around there. So do you want me to start the story or do you want to start the no, story? No, no, you take it away. You're, I mean, you're. It's your story. You got the ball. It's, it's your story. Okay, so before COVID, before all of this, before B had a, a you know, career altering injury, he owned a dental practice in our hometown, uh, downtown Manhattan Beach, California. And downtown Manhattan Beach gets very busy on St. Patrick's Day. So you guys were closing up a little early, I believe, because yeah. it gets so crazy on St. Patrick's Day. And it was like, let's let's let everybody get home. Let's us get home. We're not going to have patients coming in because they're not going to be able to park anywhere anyway. Right. So closing up early. So you're closing up early and you start to leave the office. And what happens? So we have like the, the last patient is getting ready to leave. They're in the front office. And someone opens the door and comes in and says, um, do you know you have water coming out from the front of your building? And we're like, uh, okay, well, that's unique. And then someone came out of the bathroom and said, do you know there is water coming out of the floor of the bathroom? Up through the drain in the center of the floor in the yeah. bathroom. Now, the water that was coming out from the front, was it running out the front door at that point? Or was it coming up like through the gutter at that point? No, there was a, a clean out pipe. And it was backing up from that. So it was like shooting out from the pipe in the street? Well, not like Old Faithful, but it was like gurgling out. So it was Oh, just... so the use of the word shooting was the yes, issue. It wasn't, yes, it wasn't yes. that aggressive. It was just coming yes. out of the pipe. Yes. Okay. So water is coming out of the pipe in front of the office and coming up through the floor in the bathroom. In the bathroom. And the bathroom had a drain on the floor so you could like hose the bathroom down. It was a tile and then it drained. It was supposed to be a shower at one point. Yeah, yeah. The original idea for the bathroom was is it was tiled all the way up on the walls and the other dentist wanted to put a shower in there so he could just shower and then it would just go down the center drain and then that was it. It was going to be like a wet room yeah, bathroom. So like a wet room, yeah. yeah. There we go. But what was not anticipated was everything backing back up through that hole in the ground, that drain in the ground. Yeah. So at that point, it's like I have, we have someone in the front lobby. It's like, okay, you need to go quickly. I don't care what your bill is. I don't know what, what's we'll going on. We'll, Please, we'll, we'll be send in touch. The mail. Please go home. <laughs> out. Yes. Get out. At what point did you realize it was poop water? No, it, it, technically, it was not poop water. It was poop no, water. No, it was not poop water. It was sewage. All right, it was sewage. I can't admit to it, but yes. Why it was can't sewage. you admit to it? You had to close disgusting. your you had to close the practice for months to have it remediated. You had to take the place down to the studs. Um, a reminder for everyone that owns a business to have insurance. So, because our insurance was fantastic yeah. dealing with the whole thing. But it was poop water. I mean, why why are you embarrassed? You didn't okay. do it. It's not like you pooped on the floor in your office. It was poop water because the city's sewer main. Backed up or burst? Backed up. So the so yes. So at this point, water is backing up, and we figure, okay, we'll control it. We have you know a few towels in the office. We, we have a few it. towels. We There's water coming out of the floor. We can dry it up, and um, 
At what point, I, though, did you realize it was poop? Bar? Well, it, it did have a bit of a bouquet to it. It did have a little <laughs> bit of an odor that let us believe that this might be something wrong. So, it, it, so we had someone out front, like sweeping the water off the sidewalk into the gutter. Because at as, this point, it's now running from the bathroom through the front lobby, out the front door across the sidewalk. As people like with their red solo cups are wandering down the sidewalk, like, happy St. Patrick's Day. Green solo cups. Green solo cups. Oh, fantastic. Either way, happy St. Patrick'sDay'sDay'sDay'sDay'sDay'sDay'sDay'sDay'sDay'sDay'sDay'sDay'sDay'sDay'sDay'sDay'sDay'sDay'sDay'sDay'sDay'sDay'sDay'sDay
and hopes that it would never create a problem. And this had happened to homeowners down, kind of downstream from you guys yeah. as well. And so I'll, it wasn't just your office, it was it, homeowners as well. And the reason my office got it is because we were the lowest point on the block for that system. So everything just gurgled, gurgled up and came yep. out of my office. Literally. Yeah. Came up through your office. Yeah. So the flood of shit was a St. Patrick's Day special. And then it was two months of tearing apart the office to remediate everything. Because again, it's a dental office. It has lines in the floor that need to be sanitary. All of the equipment had to go out yeah. and be taken apart and cleaned or replaced. Yep. The walls went down to the studs. Like it was just, it okay. was extraordinary. Extensive All the work. water lines on the dental chairs had to be taken apart. Everything. The chairs had to be taken apart. Um, Everything every, went out of the office. Every, every single piece of equipment, every material, every had to be wiped down. tool, everything. Yeah. Everything was out. So the hazmat remediation group did a great job. Our insurance mm-hmm. company was really great to work it was with. Fantastic. And But it was just one of those, it's like every St. Patrick's Day, it's like, hey, remember when the office flooded with poop? <laughs> And I should say too, I am I am so thankful for the dentist in our community that let me work out of their office because we'd be somewhere on Monday, they somewhere did. else on Tuesday, like Wednesday and Thursday we had one place, and then yeah, trying Friday to was somewhere going. else. So the the community in my area was fantastic in, in allowing a place to work. But things, I mean, we've definitely when we talk about having ups and downs in business, we have had ups and downs in business, um, and not all through like things you would even think of, but. When stuff like that happens in your business, it is it is off-putting. It's jarring. You're like, what is happening? This, I am not prepared for this. Like, not this. Not poop water flowing through a medical practice that has to then be cleaned. And everything had to come out of that practice. It was wild. And things were damaged. Things couldn't be replaced. Yeah, it was there, just... There was definitely a point where I thought of just Locking the door and throwing the keys in the mailbox. You were like, "F it," and just walk away. I mean, mentally, it was too much. It was very stressful, but the community was great. And the thing about dentists is, a lot of them don't work five days a week, or sometimes even four days a week. So there were there was always somewhere to go Mm -hmm. to try to see the patients that were urgent, try to keep the hygienists working. But uh, it's, I think, our plug for having insurance. Oh yeah, for your business, we're going to talk about that again. Proper insurance, you got to make sure you've got to have the right. Got to really look at your policies. And that's something that came up during COVID for a lot of business owners is a lot of their business interruption insurance didn't cover government actions and didn't cover things like pandemics and lockdowns because a lot of business owners, their business was interrupted. We had business interruption insurance. It covered the fact that we couldn't be in our business because of a flood. It didn't, it wouldn't have covered a pandemic Hmm. and it wouldn't have covered government action. So a lot of business owners in COVID got caught, um, without any remedy. And that was one of the hard things about COVID. So the week that that the lockdown started, we started the week sending our oldest to science camp, which is something that's done. Wait, is this the segue into the COVID segment now? I mean, it was, it was a smooth segue until you called done. it out. No, no, it was beautifully done. It, it was, was, for a minute, I, it was beautifully done. I was sitting done. over here admiring. I'm like, wow, she's smooth. Holy smokes. And then you interrupted the flow. <laughs> Yeah, but I had to at least take a moment to admire the fact of how smooth it was. <laughs> I didn't want to wait till the end of the show and you'd be like, you know, then the point would be lost. I mean, sure. All right. <laughs> so we sent our oldest to science camp, which is 
Um, a California thing? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm sure other places do it. You still have to, you know, look at I'm trying. Camera. I'm trying. It's fine. You're not a, not a YouTuber. But anyway, science camp. We sent our oldest to science camp. He was going to be gone for a week with his classmates. It was at that time. Well, I guess we should back up because science camp isn't even the thing. This started for us before science camp with Dave Matthews. And Dave Matthews was the beginning of my pandemic. And I hope Dave Matthews is the end of my pandemic. Like, I hope that I know that the pandemic is done when I'm somewhere in the sun with my friends. Maybe you, if you choose to come back to a concert again, singing, you know, every day at the top of my lungs with all of my Dave head people. But I was getting ready to go to Vegas to see a show that Dave was doing for Leap Year, which was rare. He was playing a very small venue in Vegas. I was very mm. excited about it. Do you, So excited. Yeah, I remember I was that part. so excited. But I was nervous because in at the end of February, this was starting to ramp up and the CDC had put out a warning that said, be prepared for significant disruption of everyday life. And people weren't really paying attention to it yet. And I was like, we're going to Costco. And you're like, mm. why? And I'm like, we're going to Costco. And we are getting everything. I was worried I was going to go to Vegas and everything was going to shut down. And we were going to see these disruptions of life that I had heard rumblings of. So I was nervous about going to Vegas. And I was nervous about being around people with this kind of being unknown. And I was nervous about the CDC warning that seemed unprecedented. So we went to Costco um, right towards the end of February. It's like a Wednesday or Thursday. And we had multiple carts. And we had toilet paper and no, we, paper we, towels. I, I think we already actually had toilet paper and paper towels. So we weren't there specifically no. for that. We were there for everything. Meat, toilet paper, paper towels, cold medicine. Like we bought so much stuff. Yeah, all I remember is like if I went in for like a handful of meat, you were right behind me with like another handful. I was like, grab two. Grab two of everything. No, it's like grab four. (laughs) We did grab a lot of steaks. We grabbed a lot of food. Um, Because the unknown for us was, for me, was causing anxiety even in mid-February. Those early stages, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of unknown there. And people were looking at us like, that's a lot of stuff. And we're like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have we're not adequately prepped for this, so I mean, like the earthquake kit's yeah, not going to get us through this, right? Right. And our earthquake kit at that time was pretty slim. Lean. It was lean, yeah. for sure. And the earthquake kit's not really what you need for, you know, it doesn't really have a lot of toilet paper in it. You know, or that's good not. Food. Yeah, that's yeah. not really the concern. That's like a, sur- like a week of survival in dire mm-hmm. circumstances, and we didn't want to do that, and so. We had loaded up at Costco. People looked at us like we were nuts at Costco. And I was like, whatever, we're doing it. But but even at Costco, there was sort of that frenzied feel. And it was already kind of starting a little bit. I think some people were there as well, kind of getting prepared and and being concerned. Not like it was in March, though. Oh, well, okay. Well, no, it's just my perspective. If your perspective is that it was, then that's your perspective. Maybe it was just me that I felt that way. Yeah. Yeah. I was anxious. Yeah. For sure. Um, But I didn't feel it as much as when I went to the store in March and everything was bare. And we were looking for, I think, pasta because Mm -hmm. it's one of three things that our youngest will eat. Yeah. And there was nothing except the the chickpea pasta, the banza or bonza or whatever that was all that was left on the shelf. There was like some vegan stuff and bonza and everything else was gone. Toilet paper, paper towels, all of it. But Mm -hmm. that was after 
they announced the lockdowns yeah. in Los Angeles, that everything yeah. was gone. And people were, it felt to me like that Friday, people were getting off of work and going, shit just got real and heading to the store and finding nothing left. And then that escalated the frenzy as people were going yeah. store to store to store to try to find uh, necessities. People who are like, look, I'm used to just being able to Instacart some toilet paper. I don't really keep this in my house. And houses in California are expensive and small. And so it's not as if you can stockpile adequately. You did, There's nowhere to put it. Where are you going to put two Costco packs of toilet paper? Ours was everywhere. Mm-hmm. It was like tucked away up in corners in the garage. Yeah. Um, it was wild. But there's not space for that. So that week that California or Los Angeles locked down, was it all of California? I think it was all of California yeah, that first so. week. We had heard rumblings, but we put our oldest on the bus to science camp. And at that point, they were taking temperatures to get them on the bus mm-hmm. to science camp. They had a new waiver because they weren't quite sure what was going to happen. And in that week between him getting on the bus to go to science camp and him coming home, everything shut down. So we got them off the bus and there was definitely this like stand apart. There wasn't a mask mandate yet. Nobody was wearing masks or buying masks yet, except within the medical community. It was, you know, stand apart, get your kid, get in the car, go home. home. Don't leave. Yeah. Wait for instructions. Yeah. Wait for further instructions. We're figuring out what we're going to do. And then the schools closed and then they were trying to figure out remote and distance learning. And you were at work. And when everything shut down, it was like, I, I, okay, we're shutting down this too. Mm -hmm. What was that like for you with trying to figure out shutting down the office? Well, things had actually already slowed down a little bit because people people were nervous. Yeah. People weren't going in for sleep studies. Um, we already saw an, an older population, so they were already starting to be cautious in what they do. Um, so things had already started to slow down somewhere in February. So by the time we left on Friday, and I remember all three of us were there, we were all kind of like, hopefully I get to see you again. Or like, I don't know when I'm going to see you again. It was like this really it's weird. Like, when are we coming back? Yeah. No idea. And you never went back. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um there was no idea when the door closed that day what the future was going to hold. And I think that's the thing that was so unsettling in those early weeks in L.A. It's nobody knew what the future was going to hold. Nobody yeah. knew what jobs were going to hold people. And then the stories, like it was maybe a week or two in when you started hearing about people being laid off and mass layoffs and and the anxiety around it. And in California particularly, we had just gone through rounds and rounds of layoffs because AB5 had been enacted in January. And so businesses were still scrambling with new laws and regulations. And then by March, everything's shutting down and people are like, I don't even know how I'm going to stay in business. It was very, very odd. I, I think the thing that for me that really caused my first level anxiety is when we heard the reports that the National Guard was going to be mm-hmm. mobilized and to go out and it was it to keep people at Enforced home or curfew to is what we had heard and things like it that. It didn't happen. That that's really when I started to get that anxiety, unnerved feeling like, oh, this this is real. Yeah, this, this is- the safer at home order wasn't just a suggestion at the beginning. It was do not leave except for like necessary medical and groceries. Cause you couldn't even get takeout yeah. at that point. So it was only leave. For that, and it, it felt very strange to be told you can't leave your house except yeah. to get groceries. And everybody in the neighborhood was kind of walking daily and mm. trying to get the kids out of the house. But like there was this uh, cautiousness of others and trying to distance and not knowing what that meant. Social distancing wasn't even discussed yet, yeah. yet uh, early on. But that early anxiety was very 
unsettling. And then the the lack of goods at the grocery store mm-hmm. and just the lack of awareness of what this even was, was very weird. It was very weird. But, you know, the one interesting thing is when we started doing distance learning from home, our oldest son, he transitioned smoothly. I mean, there was absolutely no problem. He just, he and his buddies got together. He, he, he had a plan with his friends and they would get up every day, do their assignments together and then game afterwards. Mm-hmm. So he was definitely on top of he it. He was digging it, it. Yeah. He, he actually in some ways was doing better or thriving with it because he had his own community that kept him going. And he was more familiar with interacting with others online and in an online way than our youngest who struggled with it deeply and hated remote learning. Like you say Zoom and that kid still has PTSD over it. And I'm not joking. He does not like being on video calls. He did not like learning through a screen. It did not work well for him. And it was very, very stressful for you because I was scrambling to help business owners because I was consulting Mm -hmm. still and scrambling to help business owners figure out what they were going to do. And since you were like trying to do telemed with the patients that you could but most of your stuff was canceled because people couldn't come in. Yeah. So you took over the brunt of distance learning. And I think G fired you well, from yeah, teaching every day. So so my level of, we would get our assignments and I would have a whiteboard with like morning, mid-morning, break, snack, lunch, just the whole day organized. Oh, he had a like military I, precision yeah, type I, I schedule. Thought, I'm like, man, I am on top of this. He's going to thrive. He's going to do great. He's going to do great. After a while. We're going to do great. It's great. Everything's fine. It's fine. We're going to, we have a schedule. Yes. And maybe (laughs) I was holding on a bit tight, trying to gain some control somewhere, but he would get up in the morning. He would look at the dry erase board, pick up the eraser and just erase the whole thing and just be like, not going to do it. I'm done. You're fired. And then he would just fire me. Yep. Yeah. And then he would continue to fire me all day. He definitely knew what his tolerance was for all of it. And he was not taking that lightly. He Mm. did not want to go by a schedule. And it took learning to, for all of us, of what we could let go of, what we were going to push, and what we were going to do to just get by day to day. I mean, we didn't do any excessive baking. Like, there was no bread. We never made bread. We didn't once make bread. We did do some cakes. Yes. um, Just to keep the kids engaged and busy. But in that time, too, the unknown was very anxiety producing, particularly with the unknown of how we were going to go forward with your business, which we ultimately realized we couldn't go forward with anymore and had to close. And that was part of our decision to move out of California um, a few months after the lockdown started. But one of the things that was almost nice in that time, even though we were anxious, was there was also nowhere anybody had to be. No one had to go to school in the morning. No activities were happening. We weren't going to our treat like we were going nowhere and there was no obligation. But part of that problem was, is when you feel like you have no obligations, nowhere to go. It's like after a few days go by, you're like, when was the last time I showered? See, I worked at home for for three years when the lockdown started. I had already been through that phase. Like I had already been through the, I don't have anywhere to be today. I had already I'm like, I'm still in my depressing sweatpants. I mean, I need to actually put myself together. Well, this was the, for you, I mean, I had already been working at home as an entrepreneur for a number of years, but for you, you, how many years had you put on a shirt and tie and a lab coat and gone into an office when the lockdown happened? 
Well, I mean, if you even put it back to, to residency, I mean, since 1998, I'd been wearing a shirt and tie every day. Right. And having a schedule. Right. So, yeah, I, I didn't like it. <laughs> nope. Yeah. It was definitely a change of pace. Have you Now, we're a year later, and you are retired, and we have moved to Tennessee. How is that different now? How does that feel different for you? I threw away those depressing sweatpants. I can't. I'm you like, did get rid of the sad I pants. Cannot, I cannot wear the sad <laughs> pants again. They were just too much. So that was like one of the things when we moved. Those were your like post-surgery sad pants. Like yeah. when you had your hand surgery and your elbow surgery and your foot surgery, those were your post-surgery sad pants. I know you throw them away. Yeah. So when we unpacked and I'm like, oh, these have got to go. I cannot keep these. The memory's too much. Um, it, it's still, I, I'll admit, I'm still trying to find a routine or a schedule. Sometimes- yeah. It's a bit difficult, but having kids helps because they have places to be and have to be up. Um, I still up early in the morning, like I'm going to work, but then I don't have anywhere to go. So it's, it's odd at times. It is odd at times. And we're in a new place that, and we moved in July and we haven't really been able to explore a lot because things are still um, in various stages of closed or open. And then there's this comfort level of being out too. It's not just like, oh, we could do this. It's like, yeah, but some things are weird. I mean, even we went away for our youngest's birthday and that this was just last month and you can go to hotels. We stayed within our own state and it still felt awkward a bit. Yeah. It still felt a little uncomfortable. It was definitely outside of the comfort zone. Um, being out and they had COVID precautions, you know, seats were different, people are in masks. It still felt weird. We actually had a really hard time finding places to eat within the facility because a number of things were shut down. Facility. The- you make it sound like we, we took them to a hospital. We were at a resort, but okay. Okay, at the resort. <laughs> but they had a, a schedule where certain places would be shut down and those things would rotate. So you're like, okay, I went to this great place last night and you show up the next night and now it's closed. And then there was also a massive snowstorm. Yes. So they were letting people leave so that they could mm-hmm. safely get home. And True. we didn't know that stuff was closed. It, it was interesting in in that COVID plus snowmageddon. And snowmageddon was just like, it was one of my breaking points. I'm like, that again, feeling trapped in the house was tough for me. Um, and there's been a couple of times where we've hit COVID fatigue as a family. And some of sometimes we hit it at different times, but there's definitely been levels of COVID fatigue. And with the move, trying to make friends is a little harder when you're not going over to people's houses. You're not having them over to your house and stuff like that has been has been interesting for us and for our kids. And again, our oldest interacts pretty well online mm-hmm. and has been in and out of being at school this year. They've only shut down once for COVID. Yeah. Um at the junior high level, which has been nice. And he transitioned back into distance learning just fine because he can communicate with his friends on Discord and things like that. But for our youngest, he's been at school since school opened in August. And that has been a huge blessing for him. And that's why he struggled when things first shut down in California is because he's a very physical being. He's a very physical kid and a physical learner. So for him to try and communicate with someone through a computer screen, just does not work at all. So for him to be back in the classroom is so beneficial. Even, I mean, even with the distance, um, even with masks, he didn't care. He mask. I was worried about how he would respond to being in a mask Mm -hmm. all day. He just doesn't care. He likes being at school. 
just and wants to be around people. Just wants to be around people. Yeah. Because I remember even his teacher in California used to talk about he would just like climb up in her lap and just, you know, start a conversation with her. That's our dude. Yeah. No physical space. Which makes COVID mm-hmm. hard because especially depending on the age of the kids, kids have those relationships with others and it's really important to do so. I mean, we've been, I think all things considered, there there were definitely tough parts of COVID and there have been some financially tough parts of COVID, but all things considered, we've come through it pretty okay. I would say um, I'm sh- others have struggled way more. We've been very lucky to not lose anyone that's close to us mm-hmm. due to COVID. And it's been, it's been hard nonetheless. I can't imagine everyone who's lost people during this last year, um, trying to plan funerals and, and grieve. It's just been a weird, weird year. And I've tried to focus on the slowdown with, life, less activities, less obligation. And that I think has been really good for us and our family. What do you think? I think this still the hard thing is moving to a new state and wanting to get out and explore. That's the hard thing. It's fair. Yeah. That's, that's just what I, about that. What about the good things? I think, and this started back in California. Again, we had a very small house, so we were already a close family because of that. But during this time frame, it really brought us together even more so. I mean, even with with Griffin's out, you know, outburst about school and things like that, once we got past the school day and then it was family time, we really came together during yeah. that and really leaned on each other a lot. Um, so that I think that's one of the big things that came out of that. For me, reevaluating the amount of activities was a, a good thing. Hmm. Um, I am hesitant to get them into too much now because getting back to having that open space and free time has been really nice, not just for them, but for me. Yeah. It's been it's been nice to really dial into what we value spending time doing and how we value spending our time. And it, I think it's also helped reduce stress knowing, look, the obligations are also less. Mm-hmm. There's definitely things I've missed, but the obligations are also less and less obligation sometimes feels really fucking freeing. What do you miss? Well, like not having family here for the holidays was disappointing yeah, was and tough. was, was tough. Um, and that was just, that was just the, the safest thing to do and the, the right choice, but it was, it was different. But it was also, we got to do everything we wanted to do with no obligation. Like, we had the chillest Christmas ever. And I think it was really fun. Um, I absolutely missed our family. But also, we made it fun. Mm -hmm. So just having some, I don't know, just not such so much scheduled time has been really good. And it's, it's allowed me to make a whole shift in the course of my work, too because I didn't shift course in my work until we moved. And and by the time we moved over the summer, I had definitely taken a step back from consulting because businesses had kind of figured out what they were doing with Paycheck Protection Program, and they had figured out what they were doing with their own work. But I didn't need to push that as much because that had already been done. So it was like, okay, everybody's taking a step back. And that was good. One of the things I am actually still completely surprised that happened during COVID is that we sold our house. 
in California. Yeah. And that was right as the beginning. And we we I think we really got a sense that this is going to be going south and there's going to be a lot. Of what do you mean by this is going to be going south? COVID? That, that COVID is just going to <laughs> We're be We're not going to be out of this quickly. It's going to be around and it's going to have a huge impact on us. And we're like, let's get out of here. Let's do something different. We were willing to be the tip of the spear yeah. <laughs> with that, um, especially with the like the great California exodus. The area we moved to um, outside of Franklin, Tennessee, the housing market has changed dramatically since we moved. I think if we were trying to move now, we wouldn't have been able to find a home. I don't think so. I don't. Yeah, I mean, there's no inventory. There's just nothing. And I think, though, maybe if we had waited, mm. might our house have sold for a little more, a little less? I don't think it mattered. We we sat down when we realized we weren't going to be able to reopen your business, and that at some point you just have to cut your losses that, okay, if we're going to do this, moving makes sense now. Yeah. We're in this pandemic. Um, kids are out of kids school. Kids are out of school. They're distance learning. Let's see what we, let's see if we can sell our house. And if we can sell our house, let's see if we can find a house. And I think the timing for us worked out very, very fortunately. And I think it's because we made that decision early on. And I know that for our family, they were like, wait, you're doing what? And it's like, I realize this seems drastic and fast because we made this decision in May. So lockdown started in March and in May, we were like, this is what we have to do. Mm-hmm. And it was a scary decision. Oh yeah, I mean, absolutely. It yeah. was an ultimate big change. It's a very big change and and a very a very hard decision to make during a pandemic. And then as we got into the summer and our house was on the market, I mean, our house sold in what, June, the end of June, mm-hmm. we got into um, the social and civil unrest going on in Los Angeles as well while our house was on the market. And so that was also like a lot went down in our country in the last year and in the cities where all of us live or live near. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was weird too. We're like, is anyone even going to want to buy a house in this area? I mean, there's so much going on and there's businesses boarded up. And again, there was more uncertainty and there was, it was, it was a very interesting time, I think for Americans in the last year dealing with a very charged political environment, dealing with uncertainty with what this pandemic means. There's this lack of trust in the information that we're, getting from news media and even from each other uh there's just it was just so unset all of it was unsettling mm-hmm. you know conversations that need to be had and should be had but then also anxiety still over pandemic and unrest it was very um i don't know it was a, it still feels a little unknown as to how we all come through it on the other side closer Versus further apart, I hope. Anyway, it's weird. It was a weird year, mm-hmm. and everybody went to Zoom. Everything went to Zoom. That but was weird. The other part of that that was difficult and even weird as well is trying to coordinate a move of all our belongings and then traveling across country, trying to find someone who would pack our stuff, store it, and then send it across country because we weren't going to be able to move in immediately when we came here. And yep. then driving across country, some states were 
you kind of felt some states were like I D G A F, like to the point that it was there were parts of Texas where I'm like, what is happening here? Like, I am this is unsettling. Like there were times when we were in Texas, nobody had a mask. And there were there were mask mandates. People just didn't care. Um and weren't doing it. And we had been coming from California where we had been under mask mandates Mm -hmm. for quite a while. So it was our normal. And it felt uncomfortable. Yeah, we I remember we actually went to a restaurant in Texas um, to get food. Nobody in the restaurant had a mask. Nobody behind the counter had one or had gloves or had any sort of barrier conscious Nothing. effort. And I remember you looked at me and you're like, I don't care how hungry you are, we're leaving. I we're was here. really uncomfortable. And, and that's just, look, I'm not going to tell other people what to do. If I'm uncomfortable, I'm going to remove myself from the situation. <clears throat> we were moving across country. The la- I was... We're moving to a state where we're away from family. I was like, if I get sick, if you get sick, I wasn't as worried about our kids getting tremendously sick because they're, they're young and we can take care of them. I was worried about us both getting sick and our kids being like, um, what are we doing here? Right. (laughs) And having no backup. And having no backup and, and not having, you know, not having any knowledge of the area. I was really worried. I didn't want to end up in the hospital as we're trying to move across the country because who knew? And at that point, we really didn't know what, how severe your illness could be or- There was still a lot of unknowns over the summer. There's still so many unknowns. And so, yeah, there were definitely times that were off-putting in the move and that were stressful. And I don't know if you remember driving into New Mexico. New Mexico was pretty much like, get out! Get the fuck out of our state. <laughs> Do not. Like, if, you, if you are coming, you are here, not you, welcome. Yeah. New Mexico wanted none of it. Really, and that was and that was on the radio, and I think even the all the road TV signs and the road signs, all the road signs was pretty much like keep moving or don't. Well, no, in. it was a fourteen day quarantine, yeah. and we're like we're going to be out of here tomorrow. But even the hard thing with the move, so we drove across the country in the summer, um, and the hard thing with the move. And we've experienced road trips before, but we were driving both our cars. One of them's an electric vehicle, the Tesla. And so we had to stop at charging stops. Normally, the charging stops are near a Starbucks, a hotel, something. But not necessarily near a gas station or transit center, because, like, not relevant. But all the hotel restrooms were closed. Oh, yeah. All the Starbucks restrooms were closed. I don't know what we would have done if we didn't have two cars, because we would stop a car to charge, get in the other car, and drive to a transit center where we could find an open restroom because mm-hmm. Starbucks didn't have nowhere in the country did Starbucks have an open restroom that you could go in and use. And most of them weren't even still open either. Um, they the were open drive. Were. A lot of them were open drive through, but you couldn't go in at all. Yeah. And so that was unsettling as it was hard to find some of those basic um, things that are normally so easy that you, it, you don't think of. And even to find places to stay. Cause at that point, a number of the places we had only had, rooms available like every other floor and then certainly every other room. And they had really just a number of restrictions were like. And we're asking yeah. if it was essential travel. So we would mm-hmm. make reservations on like hotels.com. And then the hotel would call and be like, is this essential travel? We're like, we're moving. We have two cars full of stuff and kids and we're moving across the country. And, yeah. um, and people were like, okay. Mm-hmm. So it 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 was it was hard, but it was also hard to find food, especially in some of the smaller communities, because restaurants weren't open. So we more than once would go to Target, Walmart, wherever, and pick up food or sandwiches or 
and what just have you. Yeah. And prep, stuff to prep. We prep snacked. Meals we just we ate could. snacks yeah. for like a month. <laughs> yeah, I remember there was a Walmart. We really picked up like just some good bread, some lunch meat, some things. Yeah, we were just making sandwiches. Put together sandwiches. like one of the best meals that we had and probably yeah, because sandwich, I was just sandwiches. I was so hungry. Yeah, yeah, we so we did a lot of sandwiches um, during the movie because again, finding food wasn't always just easy peasy lemon yeah. squeezy like it had been pre-pandemic and now we're still seeing restaurants closed i mean in tennessee stuff's really back open for the most part even california is starting to open back up but it was a weird moving during a pandemic uh, not advised i'm glad we did it though yeah but not easy Mm-mm. fairly stressful yeah it, and one of the things that's asked of me is like like what have you noticed what do you feel in terms of after the pandemic i just feel like there's a heaviness that's still on me stealing my that i just cannot get rid of like like a heaviness in, in my face and my expressions and just everything about me that i just can't shake at this point and at some point i want to because i'm tired of carrying that burden and that weight yeah you're not familiar with anxiety welcome friend oh no i, I, I... <laughs> this is a different man well you're used to being able to not to get super let's get super deep with emb you're used to being able to outwork your anxiety right and, and you can't do that no anymore and, and, I, and then that's a good point and that brings up the a really hard part about what that was is during COVID. is it didn't matter whatever what i did I couldn't outwork my way of this. I couldn't outthink it. I couldn't outperform. I couldn't charm my way through it. I mean, there's, there <laughs> I was, love that you think that's one of your defaults because it's totally not. <laughs> Work yeah. is your default. And and we even said that. I'm like, I, like it doesn't matter. I can't outwork this. Yeah, there's there nothing you can so do. There are so many forces beyond my circle that I I can't conquer, and, and that's what kept me awake at night. And I mean, and we probably all had sleepless nights and nights where you're just staring at the ceiling and like, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to get through a business closing? I, I have, I have people I care about. How do I take care of them? And the lack it, of control it, is very, that, very hard. And that was the first time in my life that I actually felt that I did not have control. Right. And that I did not like that. And that, that feeling is still with me that I'm still trying to get rid of. It's, it, it's really, there's only a few incidents in my life that felt as kind of a bigger picture. I don't have control over the situation and none of them have lasted this long because when I think of like major life events that I've lived through where I felt tremendously unsure of what tomorrow holds, it was the, the LA riots mm-hmm. and 9-11. Yeah, but even for me is the 94 Northridge earthquake. Oh, yeah. Because it, it, I was at UCLA at that time in dental school, and it greatly affected. Northridge was different for me than the riots. Northridge was unsettling as well. Yeah, but that one, I, I, I could still figure out how I could work my way around that one, and that there was hope, and that I still felt like there was hope. Um, we're in COVID. I lost that hope. And I'm sure. I mean, that we've had you know, lawnards who have been through things like Katrina and, and other natural disasters, people who are much more affected by different unrest in different cities um, than we had been. But those, the unrest in LA and the riots definitely interrupted life mm-hmm. quite significantly. And and so did 9-11. But that was the last 
thing that really had such a big, like, all of us life interruption. But with 9-11, there was this feeling of unity that was different than with COVID. Like, with Mm -hmm. COVID, it felt like there was no unity because every state was dealing with things differently. Everyone had an opinion about how different states were dealing with it. It felt fractured. And I remember, if you remember 9-11, when there was, uh, I don't know if it was an impromptu or what it was, but there was a gathering on the beach next to the Manhattan Beach Pier. Mm-hmm. And at least as a community, you felt like you could come together. And even though if it's people I don't know next to me, but I still felt like we were all there for a reason. We all shared in that grief. We could gather strength and numbers and and get through this where, you know, at COVID, you're just in your home. To isolate. You're in your home and you're depressed in sweatpants, you know. Drinking life sad, away, sad pants. sad pants, drinking your life away. You're like, I don't feel like I have support. Well, how can you feel supported when you're told that other people are the problem? Yeah. Like true. being around others is bad. We're we're not, as humans, we're not meant to be in isolation. No, and, I, and I've certainly realized that. I mean, I always thought I was a bit of a loner. I mean, I'm glad I always had Emily. But I, I realized this sense and this long being away from people. And for me, I never realized um, how much I missed that connection of being able to see people's faces and yeah. just to see people in masks. And, and it, you know, when you put on a mask, everyone's eyes just go dead because we're all in fear. And it's so weird for me because you worked in a mask. Yeah, but that was different. different. Right, because you different worked in it situation. and then you took it off. Yeah. You, and then you took it off to communicate. You wore your mask during your work and then you took it off to communicate. Right. But I also think you you see yourself a lot as an introvert. Mm-hmm. And you worked in a helping profession. I mean, how many patients would be through your practice a day that you would see and interact with on average? I mean, 20 to 30. Right. So every day, not only your staff and your team that you were interacting with every day, mm-hmm. but you were also interacting with 20 to 30 additional people every day that you knew in some way and had a connection with. So I think, and this is where we've talked to others in helping professions that are just used to being around people, even if it's not getting together for dinner or going over to somebody's house or going to the movies, you're still used to having people in your day in most work situations, even if they're people you don't always want to be around. You're still used to just having coworkers, having colleagues, having someone to share your day with. And I think that's why I found so much comfort in the entrepreneurial community when I moved away from the DA's office, because others understood and we would get together on Zoom and co-work and mm. talk through our days because you still need community, even when you move away from a traditional workplace. And I think everybody had it ripped away at the same time and none of us knew how to bridge that gap because you can't bridge it together. Yeah, It's still going to be hard because... I think it's leaving a lot of stress and anxiety around being around other people. One of the things I remember that was most beneficial is getting, whether it was family, friends, even that that social distancing, we all knew we had to physically separate and just lighting the fireplace, building a fire, hanging out, whether it was hot, you know s'mores or, or whatever, or just a cocktail. But just, you know, I know we had your folks over a number of times, neighbors mm-hmm. over a number of times, and it was just, having that ability to commiserate and to, mm-hmm. to talk about what's going through. To socially distance together. Yeah. <laughs> and especially that our other neighbors who had businesses and be like, okay, what, what do we do? What are we doing? Yeah, how do we get through this? Yeah. it's And since moving, I mean, our neighbors here have been 
lovely. We see them when we go out and walk around the neighborhood, but there's still this, I don't know, distance mm-hmm. because it's still stressful. And that may be more us because we don't have family here. If something again happens to Emily and I, what next? What, what do the boys do? What happens to them? How, I mean, how quickly can we get someone here from out of state and before vaccines? You know, what what family member is going to feel comfortable getting on a plane and coming out here and, and taking care of things? Which is why we're glad that they're starting to get vaccinated. Yeah, it makes it a it 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 makes it a little less stressful. Mm-hmm. So, I think my key takeaways from this year of COVID where I really dialed in on how I value my time because at the end of the day, when everything was gone, all we had is the way we spent our time. And I think a lot of our coping mechanisms run towards distraction and distracting ourselves. And really this last year brought that into crisp, clear focus for me of the things I do to distract myself. So Mm. I've really gotten to know myself better. I think we've gotten to know ourselves better as a family unit and what we value. And it's been an interesting learning experience for us. And I I think people still say, I still see some of this, let's get back to normal. There isn't a normal going forward from here. We are creating what's next. And it's going to be interesting to see how we all create what's next. I hope that we create it with some mindfulness around how we live our lives and spend our time. And if we enjoy what we're doing in our days, because we've lost so much, like as a world Mm. global community, we've lost so much in the last year that I think it brings us back around to how do we spend our time and do we love how we're spending our time? And if we don't, what can we do to make it change? What do you think? I, I think you actually brought up a good point. The thing that I had to get comfortable with is I think I always used education, business, different things in life to get me out of my head and get me out of my own mental space. So the thing this time really allowed me was to become comfortable with the space between my ears that like, okay, it's just me. How am I comfortable here? What are the things that have been slowing me down? What are the things that have been dragging me down? Um, And to face things that, that I haven't faced in my entire life. So, the space between on my Dave Matthews playlist, yeah, by the way, yeah, that's why I said. for the pandemic. <laughs> um, so those those are things. It, it's actually I've become much more comfortable with myself mm-hmm. um, in this time frame. That's our retrospective. A year of COVID, our thoughts, our experiences, and I'd like to hear yours too. So if you're watching this on the YouTubes, go ahead and share it in a comment. If you're watching this on the podcast, the easiest way is to just DM me on social media at the Emily D Baker. You guys get to see Dr. B quite a lot. We're going to be doing a few more episodes together once we figure out how to remind him to look directly at the camera for those of you on YouTube. But and you don't realize I have to kind of like squeeze in on this very awkward position to actually be in frame. No one wants to know how hard it is to film, honey. It's, it's just, we make it look, we're here to make it look easy. Oh, it's so easy. (laughs) I can never remember where to look. And I look at you. Well, this is why we normally keep you on the gram. (laughs) Thank you for joining me. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, thank you for people who would listen to what we went through. I, I, I would also love to hear what people did and how they got through this time. Cause I, I still feel like I'm trying to get through it. Because we are still getting through it. And with that, 
be segued beautifully. We're still in a pandemic. Raise a glass. I know you've got one. Be grab a glass. With that, friends, say it with me. We're still in this. Like, we're going to have to decide when the official end is, but the end isn't here yet. We're not at the end of COVID. So at the end is when I get to go back to a Dave Matthews show. Hmm. That's when we're, that's what I'm tagging the end of this too. So may your Wi-Fi be strong. May your families be well. Why are you laughing? No, no, no. Because if, if we didn't have Wi-Fi, holy shit, how would we have made it through You this? don't listen to the podcast. Yeah. You don't know my sign-off. Um, oh. Oh. This is the official sign-off. Oh, 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 oh. Why didn't you <laughs> should have given me like the toe tap to let me know? Look, he listens to me enough that he doesn't listen to the podcast. I'm aware of this. We all know this. I joke about it across episodes. If you ever want to prove that Dr. B does not listen to the podcast, <laughs> whoop, ha- there it is. <laughs> so, and I got it backwards anyway, so we're just going to start over with, may your Wi-Fi be strong. May your toilet paper be plentiful. May your family be well. And may the odds be ever in your favor. I will see you back here next week. Thanks for hanging with both of us. Appreciate you. Good night. Good night. Well, it's dark. It's not dark when they're listening. All right. (laughs) Bye, everyone. (laughs) Bye, friend. (laughs) 